Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Little John and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, all right, gang. Here we go. Welcome to the True Wealth Radio Show. And yes, you totally heard it. I totally heard it. My bat sonar heard it. I know. So good job. <laughs> um, hey, I am your host, Dave Littlejohn. Thanks for tuning in. Joining me in studio today is Katie Shuck. All right. We are going to have, as usual, lots of fun. I'm going to remind you guys right out of the gate, uh, podcast will be available at littlejohnfs.com. Tomorrow. Right. So that'll be tomorrow. And uh, also available to listen online. So that's another one that, uh, uh, you know, we're starting to get people out of area that will occasionally listen. Now, I will admit, they're buddies of mine, and so I'm totally, you know, seeding the pool there. But, I, you uh, know what? I don't know about that because we do have clients in a lot of various states, and mm-hmm. we do send out a reminder about the show and a link and everything so they can listen to us over the web. And so yep. we do get actual just clients. They're not always like your fraternity buddies. Like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they are, you know, other related to our firm, yes. But other sure, and sure. related in other ways. So anyhow, we're glad that you guys are joining us, and we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about uh, today. One of my favorites. I love this time of year because we get to talk about the Santa Claus rally. At least we have one this year. Well, we seem to, <laughs> and it's you know. So first, Katie, we've you we've done this a few times. Can you inform our listeners, what am I talking about? The Santa Claus rally? Yeah. It's usually when the stock market is going up during the month of December, more yeah. or less. I or, mean, it's... or just sort of the holidays in the... general, yeah. right? For like the, well, the, like they, the Christmas like... holiday season, right? Christmas, so Hanukkah, when does... Kwanzaa, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is now. Right. You're, well, I said December. I wasn't partic- picking at any particular mm-hmm. holiday. It's although... kind of that from Thanksgiving until New Year's. Well, that's How about what I was going to ask you. That's a good you. way yeah. to describe it. And and it really is New Year's in this case, people. So like, if you're sitting there going like, oh, that's not inclusive. No, hang on. Hang on. The reason is because the calendar year ends. Okay, so we're not right. basing this on actual holidays. We're no, basing we're basing this it on, on like, like well, January 1 is the next year. I continue to say that apparently... You can now, since Christmas starts in August, right? <laughs> if you if you ask Costco, Christmas starts in August. No, Halloween starts in August. Christmas starts in oh, September. No. Halloween started in July. Oh, that's true. I kid you not, they had no. Halloween costumes like around the 4th of July. I, I believe it. And the first Christmas decorations, it was August. Because I made like a spoofy post online, which I rarely do anymore because I find basically um, social media to be toxic. But... You know, we're, I'm still there, just not nearly as often because I like to not be mad. And they know how to push my buttons. Right? This, so yeah. I want to follow you to like see pictures of your kids and kittens. And I really don't want opinions about anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think, by the way, that is probably my, again, awareness of stuff is, you know, my mama used to say, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And why people feel that social media is their megaphone to just blast negativity out there. It's it's harmful. See, my mama said something that was funny. She said, if you don't have something nice to say. Come say sit some- next to me. No, she said, say something vague. Uh, I like the vague. It's, yeah. If you, if you yeah. can't was say something good? nice, say something uh-huh. vague. I'm like, that is brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the, the other... I fail at that six ways from Sunday. <laughs> let me tell you, that it's hard sometimes to mask your 
opinion when it doesn't align with the room and you're trying not to get murdered in the process well yep yep that's the thing so this actually has uh there's some application to this in in investing that we could talk about later by the way this idea of uh when you bring opinions into your investing and some of the challenges that creates right uh that so, could be like a whole show. Well, we won't turn it into a whole no, show. No, but drive it totally our could crazy. be. Um, so, but but to finish the thought on the Santa Claus rally, uh, so usually, well, actually not, it's, there's nothing usual. Like you can find um, market statistics that kind of tell you things go either way, right? There are historically good months and bad months, but the Santa Claus rally is just what you call it when the markets are going up into the end of the year. And one of the base cases that I have made is that the markets have priced a lot of bad news in. Now, uh, let me clarify. I'm not giving you investment advice what I'm about to share. I'm just going to give you an opinion. Don't act on this one independently. And if you do, it's on you. Okay. That's that's like my full disclosure on air here. Okay. But uh, the, the idea that what I'm seeing is it looks like the markets, like they're not surprised by bad news. If, if we came out with a uh, a thing that said, oh, look, the COVID cases are on the rise. The market says, and? Yeah, yeah, we knew that. Right? We, knew we already that. thought about that like right? six it's months like, ago. Ooh, hospitalizations are on the rise and then death rates on the rise. And the market, uh, because remember, markets have no empathy. They just go, and? Yeah. Right? I mean, mar markets really don't have empathy. You know, if you're like, the well, markets are mean, it's like, it's neither mean nor nice nor anything else. It's just because it's artificial. There it's is, it's not data. a human being. Well, I mean, it's the, the supply and demand are certainly driven by humans, but, but it's the market driven itself by, is... by, by people that are opportunistic. Right. Right. You know, it's like, so the market's just looking at, well, can I or can't I profit from this? It's not, it doesn't bring a conscience to the matter. And, and some of that may even be part of the problem with bad behavior in companies, right? Like if you don't have ethics, that's a problem. But the markets themselves, they're not really a reflection of the ethics. The underlying companies are the reflection of the ethics, right? True. Whatever's being traded is is sort of the ethical barometer, not the fact that it, the trade is occurring necessarily. Uh, so anyway, in the weeds again, right? I, <laughs> well, I no, never I go in the weeds. Along, yeah. What? Here's the weed whacker. <laughs> um, but anyways, do you see anybody like forecasting or foreshadowing um market movement or like have you heard anything from people saying like i want to invest in these certain companies because of the policies i see coming down the pipeline sure. based on who they assume the president's going to be next well there's there's lots of people trying to game that one largely it's difficult right uh i expect biden is the president i know there's still some people out there kind of holding out hope that there will be some sort of legislative or rather court challenge like a judicial challenge to the vote that would change the outcome uh i i put that probability in the low single digits right now that, that it'll that's actually, how it actually come true manifest. Yeah. so uh if, if we're just looking at the probabilities here i'm saying okay so biden's the president and I, what I can't game is the outcome of the election results in Georgia for the Senate, since they're having a runoff in January. Oh. This, interestingly enough, is aggravating to the nth degree for analysts, because how do you finalize any kind of assumptive models for forecasting when you have a no giant hanger <laughs> like that and it's in January? Right. So I can't do it at the end of the year going, well, looking next year, it's like, what do I do? Projections in February? You Maybe know, how do you, how actually, do you, it's really is. It's like, well, I'm going to do a forecast, well, and, and then I mean, like, and, and so you will. So it's like, all right, well, we'll take projection V1 version one, right? Uh, that we'll do at the beginning of the year, 
And then, and then we'll, we'll modify do, it after yeah, we know more data. Projection V2 yeah. <laughs> in February. And, and, you know, analysts are always upgrading their uh, models and projections to try to explain price. This is a hilarious thing, by the way. You know, uh, there, there's sort of a joke out there that if you want to know whether or not God has a sense of humor, just make plans. Oh, no. That, yeah. <laughs> right? A, uh, so That gets a big amen from me because... So there's that one. <laughs> and then the other is if you... The people think that because they have a model that tries to explain the way a, a market behaves, that that's an accurate explanation. Okay, it may have explained it in the moment, but markets love to just sort of do their own thing. And so up and then that model, it worked until it didn't. Right? right. So the market doesn't care about your analysis. That's the really funny thing about it. Supply and demand really determine the price, how much is available and how many people want it. Right, okay. and we've talked about and even so lots real of estate. it's available and nobody wants it. The price is really low. Hardly anything is available and everybody wants it. The price is really high. Do you remember years ago when they had like the Tickle Me Elmo and it yeah. came out and like parents were fighting in the stores yeah. over it? I mean, sure. I just think of like, you know, every crazy Christmas movie out there where like some parents Jingle fighting all the way. Oh my gosh, right? is that Arnold the one Schwarzenegger with Schwarzenegger yes. and the Rocket Man guy? That weren't they fighting over some like Stretch Armstrong toy or something no, that it came was, out? Well, I mean, it was a, just an action figure type right. toy. But right? but that's my point though. It's the supply and demand. But we've even talked a little bit about real estate and how that's going to be affected coming up, right? With supply and demand and well, based sure. on some of the stuff we've affected all of during stuff, COVID. All markets ultimately come down to it's supply and demand, right? If if you have the most valuable thing in the world to you and nobody else wants it, it's still valueless to everybody but you. True. Right? You know, a family heirloom could be priceless to you and to everybody else, it's worthless. Which is like soul crushing sometimes. <laughs> it, well, that may be true, but that's but that's what a market's about. Now, but that the also shows that you, you the place, emotional side that we place on well, it, right? 100%. Like the emotional vulnerability. That is part of the equation, right? Part of the equation comes down to whether or not uh, somebody else wants it. And so that's the demand part of it. Okay? Some things are easier when it comes to demand than others. Things like food. Okay? Yeah. At some point, like I've tested this. I, I joked with some farmer clients of mine that it turns out that farming doesn't go out of style because eating doesn't go out of style. <laughs> True. In fact, overeating doesn't even seem to go out of style culturally for us. We can go through a massive economic pullback and we still seem to be obese. So we, that's an unfair statement, right? And that is not to mock people that genuinely are suffering from uh, food shortage, right? That's not what I'm trying no. to be. I'm not really being insensitive. I'm just pointing out like- But like we can't just like, stop growing food. Like yes. there's, I mean, we So we there need is those. a fixed demand and that really, that triggers a lot of other stuff. The fact that we have metabolic activity creates an economy. Right. Right? You have to eat, which means somebody has to grow food, which means then you produce farm equipment, which then means you also produce other things to support Gasoline the farm equipment or fuel and the other things, things that are yeah. byproduct. And it just keeps spidering out for eternity, right? right. Uh, so, so that's how an economy is sort of born. Well, if we think about the, the markets and the supply and demand, I go back to the Santa Claus rally. I'm going to bring this all home and wrap this segment in a tidy bow for you, just like a Santa Claus rally should, Aww. which is that the markets price things in all the time and the markets are trying to figure out well what should i expect for the future and there's it would take something that's really not known to shake the market from here because much of it's priced in i mean like we kind of know unemployment is bad 
We know that we're printing money. We know that COVID is out there. We know that things are shut down. And so we, and we know that there's job losses and other stresses. What we don't know is, will there be stimulus or not? Okay. How long? The, the market's sort of assuming we don't have stimulus yet. Right. If we get it, that's a positive. Right. As far as the markets are concerned. Well, and I've seen some weird stimulus packages presented. But again, you know, until there's ink on the page, those are just concepts. Okay. And the market is handicapping. Every time a new thing comes out, it's like, well, is that likely to happen or not? Okay. Can it get, can it get through the house and then through the Senate? That's the other wild card, right? Like I'll give you one last wild card to think about before we wrap this first segment. And that is uh, consider this right now. There's federal legislation that's gone through the House of Representatives and is going to the Senate to legalize marijuana. Yeah, I saw that. Okay, that would potentially be a landscape change for an industry. Okay, yeah. But right now, it's just a proposal. It has to get through the Senate, and then it has to survive to the president. So what's the timing of it? Do you wait until the Biden administration gets to sign it? Do you try to push it through before the end of the year? Is Do there a you, deadline on stuff? There's not necessarily a deadline, but if it doesn't make it through the process, it just sort of dies on the vine, right? So the Senate could just never approve it, and it doesn't go to the president. So it originates in the House. It also has to pass the Senate, which is why you need to have both bodies capable of passing legislation when you have gridlock, which is why it matters the outcome in Georgia. There you go. Now, the market's <laughs> looking at it saying Georgia's not until January, so we got to deal with the knowns right now. Sort of explains why the only surprises out there are things that would lead to more knowns, not less. In, uh, well, I guess not surprises. The things the market's looking at, it's priced a lot of this in, is my point. So that's why it seems to keep grinding higher, in my opinion, is because it's like, well, what's the bad? If something bad shows up that we didn't see coming, markets could totally roll over. You know, or the markets could just be, and, you know, who knows or they could what just the say, trigger eh, is. And? Yeah. But anyway, so there you go. Santa Claus rally. We'll tie that one up with a bow, and we're going to grab a break. So stick around, and we'll be right back. When we do come back, I'm going to talk to you about something kind of interesting to me that we're getting questions about, and that is... What is Bitcoin? You're ah. hearing it. We're going to unpack that a little bit, but we got to grab a break first. So stick around. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. You got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang. Welcome back to <laughs> the True Wealth Show. So. I feel like it's like a game show and it's a speed round and it's like we're like we're playing a bad game of like Pictionary. Well, or... So, but you realize their listeners don't know. I know, right? Here's here's what happens. Katie is she's she's now projecting. This is like you. This is bad acting, right? This is bad actor. <laughs> totally bad acting. Because right now the main radio station is having some broadcast issues, but the 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 stream online is still working. It's so totally you're, good. You're listening online, or if you listen on the podcast, you'll never know the difference. True. But Katie keeps thinking you know the difference at every break, and I'm like, they don't know. But now you know. But now you know. So but you, you know. Go. But it just validates that it's a live show, and that we just have to roll with the punches sometimes. Yeah, and, and sometimes the doo doo flies. <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully not in my direction or into a fan. Is that but... a fan? Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. Awful. Look. Um, I, so Mount, if you're you already if you're listening online, hey, you already get the drill. Uh, and if you're listening on the podcast, you found us. Good job. So here's what we're going to talk about this segment. This, it seems like it's uh, to some, you totally get it. You're going to be like, yawn, no big deal. To others, you're going to be like, what? Uh, 
it's just such a weird thing, but it's just in the public sphere right now. And that is Bitcoin. I feel like it comes back every Christmas. Like it's the weird thing to buy. Now, I, well, in this case, I always feel like people start asking us. They don't ask about Bitcoin during the year. I feel like they always ask about it like November, December. Oh, I think people ask about Bitcoin in general. It's just interesting right now because it is at an all time high. Right. And I look back to I remember it took a while. Right. I think 2017 was the last time it had these kinds of highs. I didn't know it was a major pullback. And then, you know, here we are three years later and it's back up and folks are kind of. I think they're starting to ask the question, like, what is this thing? What's it all about? And so I just wanted to talk a little bit about it. Uh, I know that it's super important to Katie's financial future, right? <laughs> yeah, all $50 I invested in it to see where it would go. <laughs> yeah, at the nearly all-time highs. As I no, recall. I didn't. I'm actually up money. I just looked right now. I was like, oh, sweet. I didn't. Yeah, right. it was, I was not at the low point. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, you've, but... you've owned it for a while, and you've just kind of let it do what it does when when there are things like that where there's speculation to me i just want to i'm more yeah. like just to see where it goes but, i'm not worried but about here's here's the great fortune. thing about it katie what is bitcoin it's a cryptocurrency okay what is that it's an on so it's an online currency it's not like traded through a bank um and it bounces around from i remember you explaining how it works it like bounces around so from this is the trick i'm going to try to see if i get katie <laughs> to explain bitcoin just because I want to know how much you know. You own it. So what? what is what is it you own? I feel like I'm a normal person, right? I own things that I don't fully understand. Okay, great. Yay. I'm like every other the investor way, out there. You're totally normal. Uh, <laughs> no, it's so I know it's a cryptocurrency. I know it's something that like I can't go to my bank and be like, oh, I own Bitcoin here. Let me deposit it in my bank account. It's held separately. It's online. Um, I know it can be used to purchase things. I've never done that, though. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something that is worldwide. Right. Yes. So it's not like it has a different valuation based on what country you're in. It's no. the same valuation because it's worldwide. Well, um, sort of. It just depends on what currency that you're going to exchange it for because exchange rates matter. So right. is the Bitcoin fluctuates in value the same way that currencies fluctuate in value between each other as well. But there's the Bitcoin itself is not affected by a government authority of any kind. It wasn't issued by government. Right. And it's, but I don't, is there more of it being produced? Is there an unlimited amount? No. Is there a fixed amount? Sort of. There's a market, obviously, because there's a value yes. to it, right? Is it traded on the regular stock exchange? No. So Bitcoin is a, a, an odd animal. So first, to understand what the heck it is, we've got to break down a little bit about it. And so before I can talk about Bitcoin and really help our listeners to get it, we got to talk a little bit about currency. Okay. Okay. So first of all, what is currency? It's a way for us to purchase and sell things. Yeah. It's a store of value, essentially. Right. Okay. And lots of different countries have their own currency. If you go to Europe, they have the euro, which is a multi-country currency. So it can right. be utilized in multiple places. Um, some would argue that the U.S. dollar is a multi-country currency because many countries peg their currency to the dollar, meaning they just make it the same value. Or they use the or dollar. Or they just use the dollar. Yeah. Uh, the idea of a currency is that it's easier to carry around currency than it is to carry around gold or a grandfather clock or a grand piano or something to trade for. Right. So we it's more consistent with, in trading value. Yeah. It's it's a store of value and traditionally governments have been the ones that have 
sort of produced the currency on behalf of the entire country, and they right. created a standardized unit. Well, one of the big criticisms of government right now, everywhere, I think, is how governments manage currency. True. Okay? Because in the United States, for example, the currency is no longer pegged to anything specific. Yeah, because right? wasn't it originally yeah. pegged to the gold standard? Well, but there now was it's a, not? for a, for a period of time. Yeah, it, the, there was a, there was gold on reserve that backed up every dollar in circulation. But now there's meant, not enough gold to do that. Correct, because we've essentially printed more dollars, and at some point, more dollars chasing the same amount of gold right. is. It's an inflationary trend because now look at the price of gold. Look, we used to have $1 bought an ounce of gold and then $10 bought an ounce of gold. Now, a oh, two, a, 2000 and something say, dollars, thousands of dollars right? buys an ounce of gold. So, what happens when it's $5,000 for an ounce? Well, wedding it, rings it, get really expensive. Right. But, <laughs> Just but for the, the gold. And then you also look at it and say, and minimum wage is like, you know, $150 an hour. Oh, my gosh. So, it's like that's Crazy. the kind of thing that can happen is that when you keep printing more currency, you keep sort of watering it down. It, it has that's less, a good way to put it. Less purchasing power, okay, because of that, and so it takes more in order to buy the same amount of stuff if you keep producing more currency. Well, the thing about Bitcoin is it's not something where the government can print more. Bitcoin is tracked on something called a blockchain. Because there's no government that's over this currency. Well, like it didn't. Yeah, it there's not one specific government that it created it. It wasn't created by government. Uh, I don't remember the name. There's a person that, or it may have been a group of people, but it's a an alias that was credited with creating this. Uh, you can probably find it. It's out there. But um, yeah, because I have blockchain as an app, and I also have Coinbase as an app. Yeah. So Coinbase is a digital wallet. Is what that's called. That's sort of like a custodian that tracks your Bitcoin for you. Right. Okay. Now there's Bitcoin and there's Ethereum. That's another type of. That's an altcoin. And Bitcoin there's Litecoin. The <laughs> alt, that's an altcoin as well. Right. And so, there's Stellar. I mean, there's all these other ones. I'm like, uh, what in the yes, heck? It just kind ether, of. Yeah. There's a bunch of them. Uh, so these were all. Think of it as, since there's no centralized authority for this like the way bitcoin started was first there was this concept of a blockchain blockchain in for lack of a better description is a publicly owned and monitored database it's distributed meaning that everybody that tracks a blockchain all the computers share computing power to maintain the the blockchain it's a it's a it's a it's an information bin if you will and that information is everybody can see it at the same time. So you need to, when when you're adding to it or changing it, everybody can see it. So because it's in the public sphere, it is hard to fake because everybody can see it. And right now, last estimates I read, there's about forty-seven thousand active Bitcoin. Uh, or, you know, trackers on this blockchain. Wow. Which means that you would need enough computing power to have 51% or more of the calculating power of 47,000 computers in order to That's a lot of computers to hack at one time. a blockchain. You have to go in and, and, and sort of recopy everything so fast that nobody else could notice it happened in order to make it look like it was authentic. So it becomes almost mechanically impossible because it's so broadly distributed and there's so many computers that are simultaneously watching this thing and running the 
algorithms the, the to components figure it all to out. keep yeah. it stable that it's mechanically impossible to do like there's not enough computer powder power out there like even a supercomputer comes along it can't outdo 47,000 networked computers hmm. interesting so, so why is bitcoin important then well it's important because people basically decided it had value I know that sounds funny for me to say, but if somebody just decides that something has value and they're willing to assign it a value, and then other people, because of the demand and supply. See, Bitcoin is, first of all, it's a trackable thing. You, you have this incorruptible record through a blockchain that you can see who owns it. Right. It is, uh, it's a peer-to-peer -peer thing. It doesn't go through any government organization. Peer-to-peer -peer means all the computers are directly connected to each other. And so you've got this uh, crypto, it's called a cryptocurrency because the... The token that tells you how much that you own of the currency is encrypted, and the blockchain has one part of the encryption, and then the owner has the other part of the encryption to unlock it. So everybody can see it, but they don't know what your private encryption is. Most of these wallets that you have, you don't probably know your encryption key, but nope. you know your passwords to get into the wallet, and they know your encryption key. Right. So the idea is that there's only so much Bitcoin in existence because the formula for how Bitcoin was created said, well, you to mine Bitcoin, you have to write a blockchain that's running a complex algorithm. Once you get a new block, you add more blocks. And after a certain number of blocks, you issue a new Bitcoin. But every time you issue more blocks, the cut the, the new Bitcoin value gets cut in half, like the, or the number of coins that you get rewarded for each additional block. So eventually you don't make more coins, right? They're just... There's only so many in existence, which is kind of like gold, right? There's only so much in existence. It gets harder and harder and rarer and rarer. What's happening to your voice? <laughs> I know. Sorry, I had a frog in my throat. He's going, it's harder and harder. And all of a sudden, yeah. his voice is going down deeper. It gets rarer <laughs> to be able to produce more of this blockchain, and it's harder. Right. So you get fewer and fewer new coins in existence. Now, coins can be divided up, and you can have fractions of a coin and stuff like that. But... The idea, again, is that there's because a it's a finite amount. amount, just like gold, it has a stable value if people believe it to be valuable. And I say that because what if gold wasn't valuable? Like, you're like, I got a whole bunch of gold. And everybody looks and goes, so? Right. I don't want your stupid gold. Right? And then, then, the, it, then it's useless. But that's not how it's worked historically. Like, well, gold's a store of value. Well, but, th but that has happened with other things. I mean, there's been, like, other types of gold, like chocolate gold or whatever. It was like there were certain grades... There's chocolate and there's rose. There were certain grades of stuff that were um, considered low grade. And then all of a sudden they became trendy and they became really valuable based on the trend. Well, that's and that's like anything, right? right. You could say that um, iPhones are like that, right? At first they're really valuable. Everybody had to they pay up to get an iPhone. They pay more, right? Right. Uh, for a while, there was a surcharge. Like I remember that you could, uh, if you wanted to go buy a it was a Plymouth Prowler. It's this kind of cool oh, roadster, I remember right? Those. And yeah. it's like, oh, sure. The factory price for this vehicle was sixty-five thousand dollars, and then the market premium was forty, right? So it was a hundred and five thousand dollar car. Oh my gosh! Because the suggested retail price, but the demand was so high that you had to pay more than book to get it. So that was an example of that. Now cars are a weird example because usually they're depreciating assets. Usually, not always. Uh, but the Bitcoin thing, back to, you know, what is it and why do you care? Well, it was a created currency or it was a created item that be, was given value because it has perceived value. But it's incorruptible by government because it's maintained by this peer-to-peer -peer network that tracks the authenticity of the 
data or exchange record, which is held on a blockchain. The blockchain is the critical element, and it's the technology that makes Bitcoin so interesting. Blockchain, you know, just watch on this one. Uh, I'm making a call on the radio that the future blockchain is heavily involved. It's really useful for things like tracking ownership and title of property and things that we want to be able to maintain authenticity in the public. If you want to be able to trust the chain of custody of information, blockchain is a really good way to do it because it's really hard to spoof. So you're not saying Bitcoin in general, but blockchain itself. Blockchain, the, 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 the foundation of how Bitcoin was established. You can have blockchains for other things too. It doesn't have to be Bitcoin. Just like Bitcoin has its own blockchain, Ethereum has its own blockchain, uh, the whatever the other ones you started naming off, you know, oh, I know. Like There's a ton all of them. the different uh, the types, you know, the, there was one of them created by oh, Facebook, Litecoin, Litecoin and, XRP, Stellar yeah. Lumen. Yeah, all of these different things have their own blockchains underneath them, and they're called cryptocurrencies, right? Interesting. And, and so as a group, cryptocurrencies get traded around, and they can go up or down in value depending on who wants to own them and when. And so there's your basic primer on Bitcoin. It is a it's considered a currency because it, it, it is exchangeable for value. There are now vendors that will allow you to pay for things. You could use PayPal, for example, and use Bitcoin to pay for things. They will convert the Bitcoin into a value and use it to exchange with somebody else. So they'll, they'll just like converting a currency. If you want to go buy euros with dollars, you could do that. And you know you can do that now with Bitcoin as well, and Crazy. other types of altcoins yeah. as well. So cryptocurrencies, that's how you use them for payment. So there you go, gang. Folks have asked the question, what is this Bitcoin thing all about? Now you know a little bit more than before you started. Or maybe you know a lot more than me, in which case you can be the teacher next time. But <laughs> let's grab our next break because we got to do that. And then when we come back, more to discuss things like, oh, I don't know, if you are wondering what's going on in the crazy world of shutdowns, uh, we want to talk a little bit about how to be financially smart between now and especially with Christmas expenses coming up. How should we be managing our budget? So that and more when we come back. Stick around. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. We got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang, we are back. So thanks for hanging with us on that break. Uh, we are going to be taking a little bit of a shift now. You know, we're, we're into the holiday season, and regardless of the holiday that you choose to celebrate or not celebrate, you know, the big one on a lot of people's minds, and let's, you know, I'm not even going to, I guess I've tap danced around it enough. We're done here. If you don't like it and it's not politically correct enough, tough break it's christmas <laughs> right and uh, you know because christmas is as much an economic event as it is a spiritual event anymore right for many people. i mean there are a lot of folks that celebrate christmas because they just want to do presents and it doesn't have a whole lot to do with a churchy thing at all nope so we're, we're yeah i was gonna know. say because even non-believers still give presents and have right. a tree and it's and, and for everybody and, out there that's like well, where are you going here's why because look i have i'm like out of the closet telling people okay christian guy right like i'm okay fessing to that so christmas is my holiday of choice but it's not because i'm like oppressing christmas you because is your you jam? disagree <laughs> christmas is my jam right and so there's a whole lot of other reasons for christmas and uh i'm okay with like just telling you guys that i am that classic mold of like yep white anglo-saxon protestant heterosexual male i'm like okay 
It is. You're vanilla. Right? It is. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm vanilla, and that's how it goes. But um, so, so yeah, and, and in this day and age, you know, people like overread into things. I'm like, well, don't. That's not the point. The point, though, is many people do overspend. Yes. And that's a huge elephant in the room, especially in the COVID landscape, right? Oh, and yeah. I'll tell you what COVID's done that I think is really tough. And it's because the stock market's at like all time highs, right? I mean, we're right, we're all time or near all time yeah. highs for stock better market. than all time lows. <laughs> well, but but I want you to think about and and juxtapose that to the fact that there are people that are unemployed, right? And they're having unemployment benefits run out right now, and they're they're reaching a threshold of like panic. Oh okay? yeah, because they have been deemed in a non essential work environment, and they've been shut down. True. Okay, and I'm, I'm dumping the politics aside right here, and I'm going straight to like the the human tragedy aspect of that. That for where what that does to people's budgets is just incredible strain, and it it illustrates why there are a couple things that financially are really really important, and one of them is the the concept of this is an example why emergency funds exist. Right, and I will hear folks. There's there's a group that. Your eyes may roll because you're already in a spot where you're like, look, it, we're past that, right? Like, we're we're not doing the emergency fund. We're doing the credit card dance. And I understand. I'm not trying to trivialize that position. What I'm trying to say, though, is like, I hope that culturally we can all learn from this kind of deal right here. And that as a result, maybe next time we don't have the same kind of stuff happen. I know. It's true. It's, you know... We taught financial peace for many years, and we still believe in the principles. And he and Dave Ramsey used to say, you need to have three to six months worth of an emergency fund. I know. See, it's just live show. Three to six months worth of an emergency fund set aside for your expenses. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to eat steak every night, right? right? Like It means like if you're not working, you ratchet in that belt, and yeah. you start living off of beans and rice. But that you should be able to float yourself in case of an emergency. And, and by the way, pandemic, global emergency. Yeah, well... You know, and again, not like I don't care how or why it happened. It did. It did. And so that's what this thing's about. And so I recognize that for a lot of folks, you know, life financially is on the edge. Here's the problem. And this is why we're going to address this for the, the holiday season here is wants versus needs and what folks are doing. Uh, you know, we've commercialized Christmas. Oh, completely. A lot. Yeah. And turned it into this almost obligatory gift giving event, and people do financial damage to themselves by trying to go down this pathway when they can't afford to. There's this tremendous uh, pressure, whether it's emotional, guilt driven, whatever it may be. And on top of COVID already, I mean, here's the really cruel thing about COVID that I, I wanted to point out is it it picked winners and losers. I've said all along, and this is my take on this, and this is political, and I'll just say it anyway. It's scary when the government chooses winners and losers. Yes. Like it, 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 It's like, well, there was no vote on what was essential or not. There was a dictator, a mandate that said it will be this way. And so some people were not damaged the way some others were. Part of why this is so tough is that it was disproportionately damaging to the boots on the ground service community right yes. like the, the restaurant waiters. travel yep. and hospitality yep. that environment has been disproportionately 
hit by COVID because of all these shutdowns. Right. Um, and, and so many folks in those industries find themselves without an income right now. Um, and then you ask, well, why is the stock market so high with unemployment where it is and whatnot? There are reasons for this, right? There's, there's good academic reasons why, um, not the least of which is that the folks that are hurting the most tend to be on the lower end of the socioeconomic spectrum, right? You know, the, the, the wait staff isn't the high earners in our economy. True. And I'm not picking on wait staff. No, I'm sharing you guys, data there's here. plenty of great the, waiters but, but out there. That's, that's what makes it tough is because that that group of folks is really being hammered by this thing. And so, uh, and and when you're already in a lower income bracket, then say it, it comes off as really uh, almost highfalutin to suggest, well, why don't you have an emergency fund? And, and what I would suggest is all the more important, right? right? And there's also, uh, there's lots of things we could unpack on this one about the how and why to stay out of that the lower portion of the socioeconomic and curve, right? Or that that should be a stepping stone to climbing higher, right? That's not to, to uh, that's that's not a value judgment or anything about people. It's about saying, well, what skills do you have, and what are more valuable skills that you want in the economy to climb, right? Okay, but again, back to the holidays here. My first thing is you really should be not overspending. For Christmas, and especially if you don't have the money in the first place to spend. So that's rule number one: is that uh, don't let pride or social pressure lead you into bad financial decisions. Now, on the flip side of that, because of the pandemic and because people are not gathering the way they would normally around Christmas time, do you feel like there is that pressure to overspend? Like, do you feel like it's higher no. or lower? Because I feel like... I think it's lower. I feel like people are going, well, I'm not going to go visit grandma and grandpa anyway, so I'm not spending the money to go travel. I'm not right. worried I about think, getting them a gift because I, I can't go lower. see them. And, and here's another thought, um, and this is not one... I won't take credit for this, but I will share it anyway. Uh, you know, t- use this as an opportunity to perhaps redefine some family traditions. I think most of us... Uh, you know, when you're kids, you just kind of like the toys, right? Right. But at some point... The, the time with the people you care about is as, as, as or valuable. more important. Right. And so maybe it's less about trying to get everybody a gift as it is to, like in my family, I have a big family, right? So uh, Yeah, you have and, lots of brothers and, and, and sisters. We, and we're going to be not getting the whole family together for our annual Christmas gathering. And when we do, it's, you know, we're talking about like 15 nephews and nieces. And it's a 30, 40 person oh gathering gosh. when we do this. Well, even just buying all of them a gift at like well, we twenty bucks names. a whack, which is yeah, like not much, but oh yeah. my gosh, it's hundreds of dollars just and, for the little ones. And that's the point. So we would draw names, and then the little ones even they're drawing names now because it just got unwieldy and too expensive. And now it's even the the discussion is you know should we change the tradition even further to just be is it more like a a fun game of like well we'll get more like a white elephant style where people can steal gifts and play and it's kind of cute and fun. So we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see what the future looks like, but I think we get to reinvent some trends right now. And I would use, I would really try to frame it that way is COVID has changed a lot of the world. It is okay to change traditions and make better financial calls with those changes. Right. It's funny you talk about the gift exchange because that's what my family does. That's our tradition when we used to get all together is everybody could buy a gift, but it had to be under $20. So we set a price limit to make it affordable. Mm -hmm. And if you brought a gift, then you were part of the gift exchange, right? And of course, we played a game and you got to steal and do all the fun stuff with it. And it's interesting because one year we said, okay, well, we'll do gift cards because there's always a handful of gift cards in the gift exchange somewhere anyway. And it wasn't as fun. 
doing yep. gift cards. Like we were more excited about getting like the monkey butt shampoo. Yep. And by the way, that is still like there's always that one white elephant gift that keeps getting regifted. I mean, uh, it has been around now for 12 years, and it's it's a legit product. It's called Monkey yep, Butt I, Shampoo. Yep. But the fact that, you know, the minute somebody opens the monkey butt, it's like, oh. oh I got it. It's, you know, exactly. <laughs> and then you always wonder where it's been hiding the whole entire year and who has it and what closet it's been in. No <laughs> but doubt. It's, no but doubt. those are the fun traditions, right? Those are the memories that you remember, not the little gift that you got that year. Totally. So awesome. Well, look, uh, so let's, let's, let's leave this one simply at this come Christmas time or the holiday season, you know, pick your choice there, you know, mine is use it as a chance to reinvent traditions that are good, financially healthy traditions. And, and keep in mind, this is the true wealth show. I'm telling you, money's not how you manage your worth. Okay. Money's how you trade your time. Okay, it's the relationships and the memories that are the true currency. So keep that one in mind. Uh, stick around. We're going to be right back. And when we do, we will talk about the emergency fund and where, how much should it be and where might it go? We got some fun statistics to share. So we got to take our last break. So this is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. Yeah, True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang. Welcome back. Home stretch of the True Wealth Show. Reminder, if you're just joining us, you can check us out on the podcast, too. Or check out our website, littlejohnfs.com. That's right. All kinds of goodies, and it keeps changing, and it keeps growing up, so it's fun. And also, look, you can uh, if there was stuff on the show that you wish that we would cover... Let Please us let know, us know. Right? Yeah, you know we're we're not we're still playing with. We got some fun ideas in the works here, and you'll probably see some fun stuff in 2021 as well that we're going to add to the tech suite. But for the time being, I think we're good here. So, um, yeah, send us uh, emails to info at littlejohnfs.com. And uh, we're Shoot happy us a message to, on Facebook. Yeah, the, the, all the, the stuff. Bitcoin question was one that came up. People said, "Hey, you know, I want to more more about Bitcoin." So that's why we brought it up. So look, uh, Katie, we had some kind of fun stats that we pulled. We do, right? Because you love statistics. I do, and this is <laughs> what this is. Is so the emergency fund concept, right? Now the first one is emergency fund really should be three to six months of income. Okay, that's that's what it should be. Is well, three to six months of living expenses. Living expenses, which is not True. necessarily income, because a lot of times you, there's fluff in there that we spend yeah, that doesn't yeah, necessarily need to be included. Cut out all the extra stuff. Like cut out your entertainment budget. Cut out your 401k contributions or your retirement plans, right. like all that stuff. Just get down to life support. Right. right. But yeah, so, but the first step is get $1,000. Even if you've got debt, you need $1,000 of emergency fund. And do it as fast as you can. Exactly. Like don't even, it's not pay off the credit cards, then do this. It's like, no, you get $1,000 of cash somewhere so that you don't have to keep going back to the credit cards for for emergencies. Right. And then you pay off the credit cards. Right. What do people think they would spend $1,000 on if they had an emergency? It's usually either medical or vehicle. Okay. So vehicle is, is, I would say vehicle is probably the number one. Flat tires, um, you know, engine parts, things that cost several hundreds of dollars. Um, and But the vehicle one is the one that keeps getting brought up the most. But interestingly, since you started talking about statistics, do you know what percentage of people have no money in a savings account? Oh, it's huge. Probably, is it, is it about 40? 
it's 45%. It's almost half. Ouch. Like almost half of you out there listening. No, not our listeners because no. they're smart people. But um, half of the, half of the, I'd say at least the U.S. have no money in savings. Right. And I think these figures are 2019 figures. But hey, 2020 is not technically over. So well, I can't give you And it could figures. be worse because people that had money in savings could be depleting it. it right now. Yeah. So, you know, who knows where the statistics are now. Um, 24% have less than $1,000. So we're talking about that $1,000 emergency fund. So right there so is almost 70, yeah. almost, yeah, 70% have less than $1,000. Ouch. Pretty scary. And I mean, $1,000, talk about life support. Yeah, and because $1,000 doesn't go that far these days. No. I mean, you can buy you a few meals, but it's not going to buy you like you know, a new transmission or something. Right. Like it's, it's, it's pretty limited. Um, 12% have up to $5,000 saved. So a little bit higher, five to $10,000 is about 5% and it's about 5% in each category above that. So, I mean, the ma- the vast majority, like you said, two thirds, over two thirds of people have less than a thousand dollars in savings. Yeah. It's, like, that's it's a toughie. And, and, and then the flip side is I think about 10% of people have above, 25 or 50,000 it's something high no it's um six percent well six percent above 50 right right but then below but yeah, that 10% is the above 20, 20, have so if you count um so there's not much in the middle it's yeah, like people that's, either that's don't I have mean. anything or they have quite a bit but there's not a whole lot i mean there's only 10 percent that have or let's say it's it's uh i'm sorry i'm adding up really quick it's about 20 percent that have between a thousand and twenty thousand right well between okay, a, okay, between yeah, a thousand yeah, so about, and twenty thousand, so that, and the that remaining ten percent is that twenty and above, and six percent right. have more than fifty. And that the, the reason it's interesting is because I think that this explains a little bit of the income distribution, but I think more so than that, this is a like culture thing. And so uh, we've talked about this before. If you want to change your financial success, you need to change your relationship with money. And right. that's a, a culture thing. But look, hey, um, we're out of time, right? I hear the music. And so we better get rocking and rolling here. Katie, how do they reach us if they want to dig deeper into stuff? They can call us 541-375-0898. Okay. So also you go to the website, you can send the emails and all that good stuff. But uh, uh you know, we'll look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, this has been David Littlejohn and Katie Shook. You've been listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Paid for by Littlejohn Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.